Boo. Ha! I'll stake my very life. Everything that I am is in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, it's been a while since I've been here. Mm. I'm nervous. <laughs> but I believe we have church. Amen. When the Savior calls, I will answer. When he calls, y'all know this. same boat <laughs> amen praise the lord and you know i've said this before and, and and it's nothing new but i always come out when my wife is singing because that's my queen and every queen deserves the audience of her king amen so if if you have a real if you have a real queen brother then give her audience every now and again let her know who she is for you Amen. That was free. That wasn't in my notes anywhere. That's to get you loving your wife like you should. We're getting started in trouble. We're getting in trouble real early. Amen. If you have your adoption papers, let's turn to Nehemiah 2. Yeah, you heard that right. That's your adoption papers, your Bible. No, I don't want you to take my coat. I paid good money for this. I want everybody to see it. <laughs> I'm going to get full value out of it, brother. 
Woo! Come on now. Nehemiah 2 and then uh, Revelations 12. Nehemiah 2, 17. Amen. You love the Lord. How many has a need today? Now, I, I can't meet and speak to all those needs, but he can. He can. Nehemiah 2.17 says, Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Verse 18, Then I told them at the, of the hand of my Lord, which was good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. They heard the word and they began to do something about what they heard. They didn't wait for the man of God to do all the work. It says they strengthened their hands for this good work. Revelations 12 and 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. Let us bow our hearts and heads to him. Heavenly Father, we count it an honor, a privilege to stand before your purchased people. And I'm reminded now and hear the prophet speak and say that if he had a charger of the literal blood of Jesus Christ, the purchase of that blood has more value than the blood itself. So, Lord, I, I stand humble. I stand quiet. And Lord, that's how I come before you today. That's how I come before the people, oh God. And I saw hundreds of hands lifted up this morning saying that there were needs and there would be no way that I could speak and meet or do anything about them other than you would come and speak the words of life unto us, oh God. May you be the encourager. May you be the uplifter today, oh God. We find ourselves here in your presence and we simply want to submit ourselves and get out of the way, Father. Not just me as the minister, but as the, the people as well. May they set themselves aside. Maybe the pressures, maybe they got a call this morning and it's disturbed them. It's rattled them. It's left them unsettled. And they're not certain what they're going to do. But the one who can do is on the scene. So may you have the preeminence in your place rightfully in this service. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may have your seats. I always find inspiration from this when I'm, I'm ministering. The prophet says, and by the way, I forgot my, I've lost them somewhere. I don't know where they are, my, my reading glasses. And you would think with having two pair of contacts, I'd be able to see, but uh, I'm past 40. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I wonder oftentimes what the people, when I was growing up wearing glasses, they call you four eyes. And I wonder what they call me now. They have eight. <laughs> But in the message here, you hear him way back in 1956. Way back in 1956, there was still truth. That's for people out on the internet. Don't, I know y'all don't believe that stuff. But He says, we must be inspired by the word of God that will bring Christ to his word. We must be inspired. So you come today and you have to be inspired by the word of God. And that inspiration of that word will bring Christ to to his word. So if you're not inspired today, Christ is not coming to you. You take it up with the prophet and back in 1956. But we must be inspired by the word of God that will bring Christ to his word and blend them together. 
So you have a part to play in this service today. Whatever you get out of this service is up to you. Because he's waiting on you to be inspired. And quite frankly, I don't know of any other way to preach but under inspiration. So I believe that he's going to come to me because I'm inspired by the word. And he will come to you if you become inspired by the word. We must be inspired by the word of God that will bring Christ. That's powerful. Inspiration is what brings him to his word. But I thought his words were life. His words are life. But there has to be some inspiration. And then blend them together and make it speak and act just like it did in the days of old. Did you catch that? Jesus Christ is saying yesterday and today and forever. So the way that God acted in the Old Testament, he can act here today in 2019. Is that all right? So therefore, if he's going to act and do, then he's going to make you do like some of those other people did. I'm reminded of a, of a group of people that gathered in an upper room one day. And they came out in an inspiration, under the influence of their inspiration. They didn't sound like they sounded when they went in. Because they went in, they went in afraid, they were uncertain, but when they came out, they had a new life on the inside of them. They had a new way of walking. They had a new way of talking. They had confidence. So I implore you today, get under the inspiration of this word. Because we are fixing to take a body change. We're fixing to get out of here. Now I need to start acting like I'm already changed. You need to start acting like you're already in your new body. Ha! That's not in my notes. That's just something I read before I preach. Because I like that quote. Because I want the people to be inspired, not by me, not by Brother Donnie, not by any other man of God, but be inspired by the Word of God. Because this Word is life. Amen. Blessed assurance. Jesus, the word is mine. Now, when you have possession of something, you can have confidence. That little lady standing up here singing a while ago is mine. I know y'all love her, but not like I love her. Huh? Those little knucklehead kids of mine, I love them. I know you do too, but not like I do. Because they're mine. Huh? Is Jesus yours today? What are you going to do for him today? How are you going to show the world that he is yours? I'm only here, Second Peter says, to stir up your, your pure minds by way of remembrance. So things that you hear today, that you will hear today out of this mouth will be things that you've heard before. I'm only trying to stir up a pure heart. And quite frankly, only a pure heart can be stirred. So if you don't have a pure heart, I expect you to just look at me today. <laughs> I expect you to just sit and look. Some of you even be kind and give me this. Huh? But a pure heart. I'm going to hear a pure heart say, Amen. I'm going to hear a pure heart say, Sick him, boy. Ha! Huh. A pure heart. By way of remembrance. 
Because when you get attached to something that you remember, there's an identity with that that begins to stir something within you. Because when you hear something new, you're a little cautious. <laughs> oh no, I don't have anything new to give to you. The only thing I want you to see today is Jesus Christ. And my guarantee today, I do this usually wherever I go. I, I tell people that when you buy something, you always want a guarantee. You will look that thing over and you will inspect it. What kind of warranty does it have? What kind of guarantee? Huh? So I guarantee you, you're going to hear things you've heard before. <laughs> I guarantee you're going to hear me say something I didn't probably mean to say. Because I'm human. Hello? Huh? <laughs> but I guarantee you if you look close enough if you tune in your ear hard enough you will see and hear Jesus Christ that's my guarantee and with that I'll say this in closing I'm going to take care of that now is that alright <laughs> Preachers lie all the time. <laughs> ah. But I want to, to take our thoughts today and just uh, go through a little bit of inspiration how the Lord dealt with me on this. I don't even know how it's going to come out because this is, this is new to me. Hmm. But building among the rubble. Now, it's been some time since this thought began to pulsate within me and the Lord began to direct me this way and I never could quite formulate it. I'm still working on it. So y'all bear with me. Is that all right? Because quite frankly, I'm among people that know me and, you know, I think about that song. You probably heard, I want to go to church, you know, with a preacher and, 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 and it talks about, you know, among people that seen me at my worst. Y'all know me? Huh? That's right. But... As the Lord began to deal with me on this, I began to realize that there are people sitting here today, their life is in ruins and nobody knows it. Your spouse may not even know the hell that you're dealing with. Mom and daddy may not know it, but today is your day to rebuild your walls. Now, I can say that with confidence because I was once trapped in that condition. Coming to church, discouraged, singing my songs. Y'all see me standing right up here singing. Pray God, Brother Joel. Building among the ruins. Jerusalem. That word means peace. So they were building back the walls of peace. So there's chaos, there's hell broke forth in your life. It's time to rebuild peace. The Spirit of the Lord is letting you know that you have the ability to rebuild that peace. The walls of the city, they were in ruins. And to the natural eye, it was just rubble. Huh? And from the stories told by those who had seen the destruction... There was no way anything of value could be salvaged. There was complete ruination. People looking at your life. Maybe you're thinking of someone right now. You think there's no hope for that person. Get Jesus Christ in your pocket. Huh? So many times we've written people off. 
We find ourselves trapped in that mindset where we won't even call them sister or brother. Hello. Don't even want to sit beside them on the pew. Because to our natural eye, their life is just rubble. But there's a soul in that body. There's an opportunity for God to move in that person's life. And what have you done? You've written them off and still saying that I'm of Jesus Christ, that I'm a Christian. How many people did you know that Jesus Christ wrote off? I can find in the Bible where he went and traveled many miles just for one. Now, I don't like getting on airplanes. I hate flying. I hate it. But I don't care where I have to go, what I have to do, if I can be an inspiration to just one person. Because as you see, my inspiration has come from the fact that I know that people are sitting in churches and they're dying. And nobody around them is doing anything about it. They know what's going on in their lives. They, sometimes they know the chaos that's breaking forth in their lives and they won't even call them because I don't want them to think I'm being nosy. Be Jesus Christ. Be love. That's a simple unction that I fall under inspiration of. It's simply be Jesus Christ. Simply be love to those. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they smell like. I don't care what they've done to you. I don't care what they're doing to you now. I don't care what they're going to do to you. But if you would be love to that person. That you would be fulfilling more of the purpose of what Jesus Christ wants done in this age than you rallying around your pet quote. Then you holding so fervently on to that doctrine. And you holding on that thing is going to send you to hell because you missed an opportunity. To be like Jesus. Oh, I heard you sing that song. <laughs> I saw you close your eyes and looking all sanctimonious. Tears trickling down your cheeks. But then you've written that person off. Hello? Brother Homer Longoria, is this all right? Can we go on? Brother Terry, did you hear what I just said? Brother Donna, you sorry outfit. <laughs> Nehemiah 1.4 says, and it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven because my brother is in trouble. His walls, his, his defense is crumbling. My sister is in trouble and I sat down and I wept and I cried before the God of heaven. Their peace is gone. They're Jerusalem. Nehemiah he hears the report and becomes concerned about the ruins or the current condition of the means of protection. Did you catch that? He hears the report and he becomes concerned about the ruins. He becomes concerned about the current condition of the means of protection. The walls are down. There is access to the temple because if you look at it chronologically in the scriptures, it's, it's Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. But it's actually Ezra, Esther, Ezra, then Nehemiah. 
because the temple is 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 uh, we find out the temple it was was rebuilt in Ezra. So the the there is access to the temple. Now I've come across this little quote when I was looking at some of these things, and it says. The more economically and culturally developed a city is, the greater the value of things in the city. Thus, the greater the need for the wall. So there's a great value that's in a soul, that's in a body. And the devil knows that. Sister, there's great value in you. The devil knows that. Huh? That's why he's tempting you, brother, to, to go untrue to your virtue. Now, we hear so much about the women keeping their virtue. There's a virtue to be had in you, young man. There's a virtue to be kept in you. You are to keep that virtue as well. The Spirit of the Lord told the prophet, don't smoke, don't drink, or defile your body. And I often thought if that's one quote that everybody should keep, it's that one. Huh? Running around. Oh, wow. Josiah, here I go. Maybe somebody back here behind this stuff. I don't know. Maybe Brother Donnie has some people hiding out back here. Ah, uh, uh, maybe the piano. Let's go see. Not under there. I don't see anybody back here, so I guess this is for you. <laughs> Huh? Because the walls have crumbled, the walls have fallen, and other people are in harm's way. Did you know that you could knock one person, somebody out of their healing, out of their salvation, because of the condition of the walls in your life? It's time to rebuild the walls, saints. Now, the walls of your life can never be rebuilt unless you are first concerned about their condition. Running to people, oh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Well, I do. Don't pray for me. Well, I'm going to. There's no hope for me. Oh, yes, there is because I know Jesus Christ. I may not be able to do anything for you, but he can. Now, I know this is simple. And as I've come to say, my simple understanding of this walk with the Lord is simply going to get me out of here one day. Take and compare what you are now. Listen to me. Take and compare what you are now to what you could be under God. Or take and compare what you are now to what you used to be. I know I'm speaking to three groups of people today. The believer, the unbeliever, and the make-believer. So I know this fits you somewhere. Because I know for myself, I could have been further along in him. Huh? We so often, we hear the statement, and maybe we've even said it before, I became a Christian 40 years ago. I became a Christian 10 years ago. I became a Christian. Let me ask you a question. What have you become since you became? If you became something, then you should be continuing to become that very thing that you said you became. Huh? 
Is that real? Is that a simple enough question? Resurrection of Lazarus. Because we, we find out that, that, that with Nehemiah here, this, this, this crying that he did, this weeping, this wailing, it wasn't some little dry-eyed confession. You know? The resurrection of Lazarus, the prophet says, and today, Brother Tim talking last night, he didn't read a quote. Well, I'll fill in for you, Brother Tim. I'll take care of that today for you, buddy. And today they talk, taking the Holy Ghost, put a wafer under your tongue or shake hands with the minister. Oh, brother, the prophet says, I'm sick and tired of that old dry-eyed confession. There's no more to it than there is like a fellow trying to get a drink of water out of an old dry rag somewhere. <laughs> That's right. What we need today is a good, fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost come down and stir up the people again. That's what we need today is a good, fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. He's up in Erie, Pennsylvania, and he says, I was watching your lake out there the other day when I went down there. It was having a big revival. Now, if a body of water can have a revival under the inspiration of the wind of God, then you tell me what you can have. You tell me what I can have. That we're just a jumping and bouncing and a jumping. I said, there's no more water in it when it's smooth, but it's got a revival. That's what we need today. The wind blowing on us kind of shaking you up a little bit. Just a little bit of wind kind of shaking you up, getting you out of your comfort zone. And everywhere I preach, I know that there's cute folk everywhere. There's cute folk at Happy Valley. I know you. <laughs> I've sat beside some of you. You say you usually sat beside your wife, but I didn't say beautiful. I said cute. Because she's beautiful. <laughs> huh? I'm going to be getting in trouble. But the inner veil, he says, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. It might seem all right intellectually. Your soul will always testify to the word of God if it's born again. Down in my soul cries holy. Oh, down in my soul cries holy. There's something on the inside. It just can't, you can't contain it. So that's why I worry about the cute folk that come to church. You never see them move. You never see them wave their hands, raise their hands. You never see them do anything but sit there and look like a bump on a pickle. The old song says, I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed because the Alpha and Omega done sign my name. You can't help but let it come out. You can't help but express it. Let me get along here. If you got an intellectual faith, oh, you'll agree, sure, say, that Bible's right. Intellectual faith will agree with that. 
The devil says the same thing. <laughs> so is he your brother or your adversary? If you're saying the same thing as the devil, the devil's saying the same thing as you. Get a new language about you. If you got an intellectual faith, the Bible's right. The devil says the same thing. The devil says, there's a God in heaven. There's a Jesus Christ. Wow. The devil says this. Certainly, they believe the same thing. Oh, you say, the devil believe in Jesus Christ? Certainly. They publicly confessed him, said, thou art the son of God. Thou art the Christ, the Holy One. Why do you come to torment us before our time comes? Certainly, they publicly confessed him to be the son of God. Publicly, the devil you see these musicians going to these award shows and everything and you, you'll find out they're, they're, they're beginning to join forces. The Christian so-called artists are beginning to join forces with the worldly secular musical artists. Now this may not mean anything to some of you, but some, some it will capture your attention. Kanye West. He's been having Sunday morning services saying he's a Christian. That's what he says, so I say, okay. But where's the change? Where's the identification? And ministers with a shallow experience and with a bogus religion, ministers, go out and have people to make such a dry out confession as that and go back out in the world and live like the world and claim that they're Christians. Now, if you're going back out into the world, doing what the world does, you're not a Christian. You didn't have an experience. I implore you, I invite you to come to an altar today. You cute folk don't like the altar. From that time, that's about the way serving the Lord, you know. You've got to put your heart in it. Ha. You've got to be sincere. You've got to meet God, not go to church and make some cold, dry-eyed confession. Go down there and stay down there. You've got to meet Jesus Christ. There's no way that you can encounter Jesus Christ and ever, ever, ever be the same. Because there's something about that atmosphere, that environment Brother Tim was talking about last night. And the prophet said, I was thinking about this as he was mentioning, the prophet said, whatever environment you are in, that's what you are. Watch your friends, young people. Sis, watch that little boy that's got his eye on you. Young men around the message, defiling message girls. Young message girls, defiling young message boys. What's wrong? What's wrong? Come on in, brother. I'm home. I'm here. Message of grace, joining church will never cover sin. <laughs> joining church will never cover sin. Coming to Happy Valley saying this is your home church will never cover sin. No dry-eyed confession will ever cover sin. No dry-eyed confession. Because a birth as we know is a mess. Now I grew up out in the country. I grew up in a hollow. A holler for some of you folk. We still refer to their own place as the hollow. You're going out in the hollow. We went out in the hollow. No, no, no. But I've I, I seen a few pigs born in my day. 
is nasty. It's messy. Is that all right? You say, Brother Joe, you look good in your suit. I didn't think you were a country boy. Oh, yeah. Grew up no running water in the house. Come on, mom. Huh? Toting and fetching water. Getting in the old number 11, I think it was, bathtub to take a bath, and I'm the youngest of six. So I wasn't too clean when I got out of that water. <laughs> Woo! Huh? No dry confession will ever cover sin. It takes sorrow and repentance and the grace of God to cover sin for the blood of Jesus Christ, the one that God killed at Calvary to cover sin. God killed his own son for you. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. The son he bled and died. Is that right? We are familiar with and know the message the prophet preached, convinced, then concerned. Listen to Nehemiah as he prays. Nehemiah 1, 4, 1, verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 4, if you want to read with me. Nehemiah 1. Okay, everybody see my coat, right? Okay. Looks good. All right. <laughs> Y'all know I'm not vain. I'm just pretending. I'm just playing. But it is kind of sort of good to get value out of something you bought. You know, you don't want to just, you don't want everybody to see it. Huh. <laughs> but watch Nehemiah as he begins to pray. He begins to get concerned. Verse 1, ver, ver, uh, chapter 1, verse 4. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Fasting, you don't hear that word much anymore. I digress. Verse 5, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes upon that uh, open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. He was covering everybody. He was making sure that the entire church was covered. Verse 7, he says, we have dealt very corruptly against thee. We, 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 we have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, verse 8, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. That's God's word. You transgress, there will be a scattering. Your walls will crumble. Huh? But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence. And I believe that's what God is doing today. He, through this message, is beginning to gather those who have been scattered. He's beginning to gather those who are broken down, who are so weary, they can't think that they're going to make another step. Maybe you haven't been to church in a long time. Today is your day. Huh? Though there were of you cast out of the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name. I'm trying to hurry. Verse 10, now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and, and by thy strong hand. He didn't write them off. No doubt there was somebody in that group that Nehemiah was praying for that did Nehemiah wrong at some point in his life because these were people too. 
they bled just like you bleed. They wake up in the morning, their hair is all over their head just like you. They got these little track marks down the side of the cheek. Okay, cute folk. I know you don't wake up with your hair all did and everything all great. <laughs> I know you. Now these are my servants and these are your people, Lord. They're in trouble. These walls in their lives are down. And that, that's the pulsation that begin, to, that begin to burn within me. God, there are people that are coming to church and they're hurting. And people are just walking by them out in the vestibule. Hello. How many cute folk we got here today? Okay. <laughs> Verse 11. Oh Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. He begins to go in prayer and he's seeking wisdom on what he's to do and he's also praying over the people. Because he become concerned, then there was a confession, and then he's making a commitment. You're looking at me today, I want you concerned about the condition of your life, young man. Brother, sister, I want you concerned about the condition that you're in because we're about to leave this place. Jesus is coming soon. Is that all right? I want you concerned and then I want you to make a confession, not a dry eye confession. And then I want you to make a commitment. That's what the Spirit of the Lord is telling me to tell you today. Become concerned. Make a confession. Make a commitment. You'll rise up and you'll say, Brother Joel, I will rebuild. Praise God, I'm there shouting with you. But you have to realize that as soon as those words come out of your mouth, I will rebuild. Satan is there saying, I will oppose. Ah. What are you going to do about that? You're going to stay in your condition? You're going to stay in your struggle? Or are you going to say, boo devil, I will rebuild. Nehemiah 2.10 says, when Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant the Ammonite, you got to watch those ites. When they heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Anytime you go to doing, wanting to do good, there's going to be some ites to rise up. Now, the ite is an enemy of God. It may be outward. Or sometimes the ite is this thing right here. All y'all cute folk now. Huh? The flesh will rise up and say, you said you will rebuild, but I'm going to oppose you. Because you know that scar that's got you trapped. And as I've come to say, we get stuck on stupid so many times. Maybe it was an abuse or an offense in your life and you get stuck on that very thing. You are greater than the trial. There's something on the inside of you that's greater than that thing that's trapped you. You're getting stuck on stupid. You're getting stuck on flesh. This flesh you cannot bring before God. I'm getting ahead of myself. 
This force of opposition comes forth from within and without. It is a resistance against the work that God is doing in your life. The trial comes to shake you. Listen, the trial comes to shake you, to put you to the very bottom, to see where and how you will stand. What do you do when you've done all you can and seems like you can't make it through? Huh? And the song goes on to say, you just stand. When there's nothing left to do, you just stand and watch the Lord see you through. Yes, after you've done all you can, you just complain. No. <laughs> That's the wrong song. Tur turn the station. That's the wrong station. We listen to gospel music around here, not doubt and defeat station. Or at least I hope you do. Huh? Whether it be Southern gospel, oh, law. Y'all forgive me. <laughs> it's good, too. <laughs> uh, I just had to make you feel good. <laughs> but it is a resistance against God's work. The trial comes to shake you, to see where you're going to stand and how. But we only have to go through, the prophet says, we only have to go through these schools of sufferings to know how the other fellow feels. So sometimes when you're in that valley, when you're low and you're saying, why me, Lord? Think about that quote right there. Sometimes he lets us go through these schools of hard knocks so we will know how that other brother that you wrote off Oh, yeah, there he is again. The one that you wrote off and you said wasn't going to make it. It wasn't worth anything. Now you know how he feels. Now you know how she feels. When all is well in your home and nobody's died. Oh, that's sad. Oh, wait till it comes to your house. Because, in fact, that's where he's picking up on that quote. Someone had passed away. And then he can be able to refer about his dad passing away. And he says, sometimes we go through these things so we'll know how the other person feels. Because God, he's building his church out of material which he made. I got to hurry. He will use these things to fulfill his purpose. Therefore, the reason, that's the reason why we go through these things. You're in the midst of this, saints. You're in the midst of this, brother, sister. You're going through this very thing right now to serve the purpose of God. He's working a work in you that's going to be glorious. It's going to be beautiful. Hmm? These experiences, they build our character and mold our image. The mistake, listen, the mistake is not to define who you are. See, that's how the devil will twist things. He will get you to make a decision. He will get you to do something that you should not have done. Huh? And then he'll make you pay for it. And then he will trap you in that mental condition and make you think that that's all that you will ever be. But you're more than that. You've been bought with a price. Maybe you didn't know that, but I'm here to let you know you have been bought with a price. You say, me, Brother Joel? Yes, you. But you don't know what I did. I don't need to know what you did. All that you need to know is what he did for you. 
Nehemiah chapter 3, and I'm going to run through this real quick. We find out the rebuilding begins. That's what, and, and, we, and we, the thing that, that's amazing to me about Nehemiah 3 is how it starts out. Turn with me Nehemiah 3 and 1. The rebuilding begins. The reconstruction of the defenses starts. And the breaches are closed up, the holes, the gaps. And Eliashib the high priest rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they builded the sheep gate. So they start at the sheep gate. Now, maybe sometimes I'll have time in Nehemiah's gates and all this, some beautiful types all throughout. And then maybe you studied it before, but, but we won't have time to get into all of it. And, and I just want to focus on that one just, just for a moment. Um, in, in verse 1, the sheep gate. Now, the sheep gate was the gate through which the sheep who, that were used for sacrifice are brought into the city and route to the temple. And that's a perfect place to start. A sheep, a sacrifice, some blood. Jesus Christ is the best place to start. You say, oh, it's Brother Donnie was here. I talked to Brother Donnie after service. You don't need to talk to Brother Donnie. That may be good and fine. If that will help, do that. But talk to Jesus Christ. So they began building at the sheep gate. Sacrifice, blood, Christ. That's where you start. And there are other gates that we could get into, but, but we, we just don't have time and we'll just go on through them. We'll just, we'll just keep going. But the sheep gate. Find Jesus Christ today, saints. Amen. Say, Brother Joel, why are you saying that? Isn't that who we are? Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Isn't that what we're supposed to be saying? The mysteries are great. The seven seals, the thunders, and all that. All that's wonderful. It's great. It identifies who I am. But if I miss Jesus Christ, I've missed it all. You say, well, tell me something supernatural. Joel said, let me, I will. Thank you. The supernatural in you should speak louder than the natural. That's super. That's powerful. Because that supernatural that's in you will empower you to do what you cannot do. Because see, when I was in my condition of my fallen, crumbled walls, and I've shared this with you before, maybe you forgot, I'll tell you again, because this is wonderful. It's become more of who I am. But I was sitting back before, here in the church before service, just praying, just pondering over the service, discouraged down. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me and said, the you that was you before there was you, that's you. Now you believe what you want and you say what you want, but the Lord spoke to me and he was letting me know that this that you've become, that's not you. You're looking at me today with natural eyes and I'm looking upon you with natural eyes. I know that's not the real you and that's what I'm after. It doesn't matter what you've done because there's a supernaturalness in you and it will empower you to do what you cannot do. The superness that is in you is an attribute of God's thinking. Brother Terry, did you hear what I just said? The supernaturalness that's in you is an attribute of God's thinking. He said, oh, I want to do something for Jesus Christ. Be become that supernaturalness. Greater than Solomon, he says, when his program was laid out, the whole thing, you were recognized in that program. Ha <laughs> ha. 
When he began to lay out his program, the prophet says you were recognized in that program because you got eternal life. I'm not talking to the cute folk because they don't realize that they have it. But you that do know, you should be swinging from these chandeliers. Because you got eternal life. The word eternal never did begin and never can. It, it never can it end. You are an attribute of God's thinking before the world was ever created. Many times when we think about attributes, we think about healing, all of these things. But you are an express attribute of God's thinking. And that life, that's the only way you can have eternal life. And that life that he was thinking of you is in you now. That life that he was thinking of then, it's right in you. If we could just realize that. The rapture will go. How many wants the rapture? Realize that life that's in you has always been in you. I'm here to quicken a life, quicken a seed to wake us up. There's no way to separate it. It's in there to stay. You can't get rid of eternal life. No matter how much you sin, no matter how much drugs you put in your vein, no matter how many women you sleep with, no matter how many men you sleep with, you cannot hide eternal life. The devil tries to make you think because of what you did and what you said, he wants to trap you in that. But I'm here to let you know today that there's eternal life inside of you. You can't get away from it. The devil's got you trapped. He's trying to make you think that that's all that you will ever become. Hear me? Building among the rubble. You look around your life, there's no way I can do this. When Nehemiah went to survey the, 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 the ruins, there was no place even that he could cross over. You're trapped in that condition and you think there's no way out. Sometimes you have to start building from within. I want to go back in the scripture to Abel. What was the first thing he did when revelation of light struck his path? You ever thought about that? What was the first thing that he did? He went looking for blood. When revelation struck that boy's path, he went on a search for some blood. Cruelty of sin. Notice, beautiful time. Here he comes dragging the little lamb, pulling him along. What caused him to do that? I can imagine the little fellow falling, probably knew what was near, dragging the, his little feet. Perfect type of Christ dragging the cross. Beautiful. God's lamb coming down through Jerusalem, falling, weak. Here come the little fellow bleeding along. And when he got him up to the great rock, Laid him upon the rock, taking a piece of sharp rock. I don't know. Guess they had no knives in those days. Laid him. The prophet didn't know. Did you hear that? The prophet didn't know. Hello, internet people. We still believe a prophet that don't know everything. <laughs> so what if, if those men didn't fall off the bridge? So what? <laughs> He's human. I'll let Brother Donnie deal with that. I don't know. Guess they had no knives in those days. Laid them like that. Took, took him to the back of his head. Took him by the back of his head and pulled him up like this. This is, is a horrible thing. It, it's ugly. It's dirty. It's nasty. It's a birth getting ready to take place. 
took a, a, a rock and beat it through his throat. On, on that rock died the lamb, bleeding, bleeding, blood splashing, his little arteries cut, the blood flying all over, his little white wool become bathed red with blood. God looked down from heaven and said, that's it. That's it. Now you got it. That's the way the blood spurting from his little veins. So can God look down in this service today and look at your life and say, that's it. That's the blood that I'm looking for. So when, he, when the light first struck his path, he went looking for blood. And when Cain saw his brother, what did he see? Blood. He saw Jesus Christ in prefigure. He saw the coming of the one that was to redeem. He saw that blood. And you know what? He rejoiced. He was a praise God. That's that New Age Bible that puts everybody in and makes everybody great. Y'all didn't bring it out to this church, did you? Okay. You internet, whatever camera, you internet folk. When Cain saw his brother, what did he see? He saw blood and he hated it. He hated Jesus Christ. He hated the things of God. Opposition. Immediately. Revelation. Opposition. You're sitting here looking at me now. Opposition. You say, I don't believe that. Well, I'm glad you let me know that. Because this isn't for you. Because believers believe. I thought that one was going to go by me, but I couldn't, I couldn't let it go. Uh-uh. Abel was covered in the manifestation of his revelation. Do you hear that? How much time I got? I'm going to have to go. Rather than convert to God's way, Cain chose to destroy the system of God. Did you catch that? Rather than convert, he wanted to destroy he did not feel accepted with his evil lifestyle. That's where we are in this age now. People don't feel comfortable around you and your godliness because of their lifestyle. So what are they going to try to do? They're going to try to kill you. They're going to try to destroy your name, your character, your influence. Now, if you don't have a life, if you don't have a walk, that's up to you. But we are here to stand against every evil spirit. He did not feel accepted with his evil lifestyle. Cain thought, if I kill it, then I won't have to look at it. I won't have to look at what God accepts. If I get rid of it, I won't have to look at it. If I can just get him fired, I won't have to be around him. Opposition. They wanted, he wanted to kill the light so he could feel good in his darkness. That's what this age is doing today. They're wanting to snuff out and kill, destroy the light so they can feel good in their darkness. Because evil deeds are done in darkness. They want to murder the truth so they can feel good in their lie. The devil's out to murder you. He's out to kill you. Huh? 
Jesus Christ, God has come to call you. Today, he's calling you. What is he calling me for? What is he calling me to, Brother Joel? He's calling you to the new you. He's letting you know today you don't have to stay in that condition. You don't have to stay where you are. You don't have to be bothered by that little Jezebel girl in the schoolhouse walking down the halls. You see her every day and your friends are talking about her. Look at that. Look at that. You don't want to look, but pressure. What are you, a sissy? That devil. Huh? Hello? This is real, Veal. <laughs> and it's not so much the you knew, it's the, it's, it's, it's the original you. The first you. The you that was you before there was you. That's you. Oh, I wish I could get people to see that. The you that was you before there was all this chaos. Before there was all this mess. That's who he's coming back for. So there has to be a change. There has to be a rebirth. There has to be something to happen in your life. In the message, questions and answers, he says, someone asked a question. Please explain the mystery of the translation of the bride. And here was where I'm going to have trouble. I can't see it very well. <laughs> I forgot to blow it up. Make it bigger so I can see it. So don't laugh at me. I'm just, I'm just trying to see. Please explain the mystery of the translation about it. And I always try to work this in because it's real. It's just a change to our bodies. Let's say, our, you know what I mean when I say that. I don't mean to be sacrilegious. I don't mean to say ours. I don't mean to say this church. I mean to say every believer. Abraham, he was looking for a promised son that was promised him. Is that right? And the church is looking for a promised son too. The bride, is that right? The bride is looking for the promised son. Before the promised son could come to Sarah and Abraham, their bodies had to be changed. Is that right? She was too old to have a baby. She had no milk veins in her breast. Her breast was dried up. Her womb wasn't fertile. She was sterile. She could not have the baby. Her heart was too old to stand labor. So what happened? God changed her back to a, new, a young woman. And he did Abraham the same thing because he said his body was as good as dead. See, And he had to change that, their body in order to receive the promised son. He had to change their body in order for them to receive the promised son. I know you know this, but you're going to hear it again today because maybe somebody didn't catch it the last time. And he cannot receive the promised son that's promised us today in these bodies that we live in. These bodies are sin. You cannot receive the word in this body. So you got to go searching for that you that's really you. Because the intellectual conception of who you think this is all about, you will miss it as far as the east is from the west. This, the, 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 this first conscience controls the body with see, taste, feel, smell, and hear, and it's just got us all scrupled up. <sighs> see, taste, feel, smell, and hear, and I was hoping that maybe, I, and my, my thought was going a different way, even looking at uh, just the, looking at the, the appearances and, and the message I preach on that. But, but anyway, see, taste, feel, smell, and hear, to get you all scrupled up with reason and everything else. But that, that new body, that comes from this born again, not this conscience, it'll pass away. It's that inside something that lives. Everybody understand it? Say amen. amen. 
It's not the outside see, taste, feel, smell, and hear. It isn't. It's subject to death and will die. But the inside part of you, hold on, saints. But the inside part of you, down in here, inside, that is the person that cannot die. And that's the person that the new life starts from. That's the person, that you, that's really you, that's the person that this new life starts from. From the new birth, and it builds another person. In the image of this person you are around that life. It builds another person around that changed body. That changed life. So potentially it's in here. And what is it? The word promised before the foundation of the world. And around there, this only reflects the negative. That will reflect the positive with the word. See, and the same thing, our translation of the bride will be the same thing. I've got a new home over in Zion. And it's mine. The word is what's changing our bodies. The word's given to us to produce a rapture. The word is not given us to us to fight over and bicker over. It's given to us to change our very bodies. You say, I don't believe that. <laughs> it's not for you. It's for believers. Is that right? As the book of Nehemiah comes to a close, chapter 12, we find the dedication of the walls and the people rejoicing, singing, they're praising, they're shouting. Huh? Because there had been a change. There had been something that happened. They, they'd erected the walls. Their, their city was now protected. The, 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 the temple was now protected. That, that value that was on the inside of them, there was something that they realized that I got a hold of something that's now going to hold me because I cannot hold myself. There was music and there was great joy. There was rejoicing. They gave expression to the inward work that was going on inside of them. Hmm. You said, Brother Joe, I'm just a pickle. Well, bump on, brother. I'm more than a pickle. I've got eternal life inside of me. There is deity in tabernacled in human flesh. Huh? Chapter 13. We find out even after all that worship, there's still some strongholds. There's still a few more things that Nehemiah has to take care of. And Nehemiah, he took a firm stand and he, he declared both in word and in action. He said, no, not in my house. Not where I live. You're not taking my son. Hello, mama. You have to say, devil, you're not getting my girl. You're not getting my grandbaby. Huh? Because there's still some strongholds. He resisted the evil. Nehemiah 13, 7. We find it. And I came to Jerusalem and understood of the evil that Eliashib did for Tobiah. Now, Eliashib was a priest. And he'd gotten, uh, he'd allied with Tobiah. Now, Tobiah, as we know, as you know the story, was one of the first ones that began to, to, begin to mm, poke, at, poke at Nehemiah. Be that thorn in his flesh. So what's the ministry doing hanging out with this one that's, I don't know. And understood of the evil that Elisha did for Tobiah in preparing him a chamber in the courts of the house of God. He drug him up in the house of God. After I put work in building this thing, 
I'm going to allow the devil to come back up in my house. Uh-uh. I worked hard to build this wall. Huh? Allow the devil to come. No, I don't think so. Uh-uh. And it grieved me sore, Nehemiah says, therefore I cast forth all the household stuff of Tobiah out of the chamber. He took everything that, that, that Tobiah had drug in and he kicked it out. Now let's break old school. Is that all right? He kicked out his stuff. He kicked out his TV. That's, that's, that's short for television. He kicked out all of his old uh, bad websites. Harlequin romance, Brother Joel, is my favorite literature. That's a lie. They're lying to you in those books. They're lying to you on those websites. I better shut up. Mm. Then I commanded... And they cleansed the chambers, 13 and 9. And thither brought I again the vessels of the house of God with the meat offering and the frankincense. He's beginning to bring praise. He's beginning to bring that new life. He's beginning to bring that joy back in. There's still some strongholds he needs to get rid of. Nehemiah 13 and 23 says, In those days also I saw Jews that had married wives of Ashdod, of Ammon, and of Moab. Strange women. Hmm. Now, my boys know, you better not bring no strange women up in this house. I told you I was going to leave you alone. I didn't tell you, say you specifically. I got the other two. I said, my boys. And their children spake half in the speech of Ashdod and cannot speak in the Jews' language. They forgot how to speak boo devil. The simple quotes in the message, they couldn't even quote them anymore. Huh? Because of a strange woman that they drug in. And could not speak in the Jews' language, but according to the language of each people. Nehemiah 13, 25 says, and I contended with them. Now watch what Nehemiah does. He just says, well, that's my baby. And, you know, bring her on to the house. I know she looks like Jezebel. And bring her on bring him on to the house i know his ears pierced and his lips and his tongue and his big toe it's okay uh-uh not nehemiah and i contended with them and cursed them and smote certain of them he took care of business he began to clean house and listen to what he did and i plucked off their hair I'm sure there were some women in this group too. And made them swear by God saying, you shall not give your daughters unto their sons nor take their daughters unto your sons or for yourselves. Nehemiah 13 and 28 says, and one of the sons of Joiada, the son of Eliashib, the high priest, was son-in-law to Sambalot. Musicians come. Was son-in-law to Sambalot, the Horite. Therefore, I chased him from me. If you don't get anything else out of this sermon today, chase the devil from you. You have the power. You have the voice.
Because this is the days of the voice. Is it not? That voice just wasn't crying out through the words or through the body and the mouth of William, Mary, and Branham. That voice is to be cried out in my life, in your life. I don't want it to just be stuck in the prophet. I want it to be me. I want to become this word. And incidentally, I say this so many times, the, the Malachi 4 actually speaks of you before it even speaks of the prophet. It identifies you because it says, behold, I send you. So the importance of you is great. So the spirit of the Lord is wanting you to chase these things from your life. This foremost enemy, Sambalat, he had done more than any other to frustrate the purpose of rebuilding. Now you know the problem in your life that's frustrating the purpose of you living for Jesus Christ. Nobody else may know that thing, but you know it. It's kept you stuck on stupid for years. But today is a new day. Today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day of your deliverance. There's a song and, and it says, this is a simple song. I'm, I'm not, don't, don't play it. But I know you haven't heard it, I don't guess. But it says, Lord, deliver me. Because all I seem to do is hurt me. Hurt me. That's all it says. Lord, deliver me from me. Because the thing that you're doing is not hurting anybody but you. But you'll find out eventually it's going to eke out into the church. And begin to affect the church. You'll knock somebody else out of their healing. Stand with me. Building among the rubble. Do you love him? Isn't he good to us? I told you in closing, didn't I? I've already taken care of that. All right. Amen. God is good to us. He's wonderful. Truly, saints, it's time to rid these things out of our lives. That's, that's simple, Brother Joel. I know. I know. I understand that. I believe that. But it's things that we need to hold on to, things that we need to get a hold of. Let me say that way. Things that we need to get a hold of that's going to change our very body. Because we cannot trust this. There's so many people that you say, well, I can't trust him. I can't trust her. You can't even trust yourself. Is that right? Because you are who you are when you are by yourself. Can I come in? When you're by yourself. That's who you really are. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, these words, this inspiration, this little thought. And I'm nothing, Lord, but just simply a spare tire, Lord, to get the people through until the pastor comes back. And as I was 
streaming and hearing Brother Andrew, and I thought, oh my, I got Sunday coming up. I have to follow that. And then Brother Tim comes last night, and Lord, you know my very heart, and I've tried to give. It can only be me. It can only simply be what you've called me to be and express it in the way that you've given me unction to express it. So I pray that it's found somewhere to settle, that they can take it tomorrow and feed upon it and come against the enemy to fight the fight that's before them. Help us to have the strength to build our walls, to defend that that you've started within us. Lord, we love you, we honor you, and we adore you, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Nehemiah 4, 14 says, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Don't be afraid of that devil. Young people, remember the Lord. Old people, you remember the Lord. Which is great and terrible and fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons and fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your houses. Stand firm. It's time to fight. Because the enemy's trying to come in to destroy you. Just as Cain wanted to kill that blood. He sees that blood in your life. He don't like it. He's coming for you. But remember the Lord. Amen. Where do I go? When there's nobody else to turn to And who do I turn to When nobody wants to listen And who do I lean on Amen When there's no foundation stable I go to the rock I know God is able I go to the rock Let's sing that again do I go when there's nobody else to turn to? And who do I turn to when nobody wants to listen? And who do I lean on when there's no foundation stable? I go to the rock, I know that he's able.
need a friend, I go, I go to the rock. I don't run to mama, cause daddy can't help me. I go to the rock. Brother Donnie, he's out of town. I can't get him on the phone, so I go to the rock. Where do I go? Amen. When there's nobody that I can call on, who do I talk to? When nobody wants to give me the time of day, who do I lean on? tells us that every promise has the same power of creation you've received the promise today in this word of God that you do have the strength to rebuild your wall that you do have the ability and the voice to say boo that's a promise and it has the same power of creation behind it just as the word and the voice said let there be back in Genesis that same power is within you. Did you catch that? So what are you going to speak today? What are you going to speak tomorrow? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. When that thorn begins to dig in your flesh. Speak to the storm. Speak to the rain. You have the power to bring about a change. Is that right? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Let us pray once again. As we close and we part our ways, dear God, we ask that you would go with us. Keep us. One more time we've been here and maybe it could be my last time standing in this building. I may be looking at some saints today who may pass on sometimes today. An accident or something. Maybe we just don't know. That's simply life. But Lord, regardless of it all, we want to be prepared when that call comes for us. And if someone should get word that Brother Joel's gone on, they hear about my home going, I don't want them to worry about me because I'm just another soldier on my way home. We're struggling, we're straining through this old life, Lord, but we have you by our side. And may we be as it was those on the road to Emmaus, Father. May our hearts burn and realize that you talked to us today. It was you. So now it's up to us to invite you in to come to stay. And then when we invite you in, we will begin to see things that are familiar to us. And our circumstances, our gloom, our dreariness will just begin to dissipate and fade away. We love you. We thank you. We honor you. We adore you. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I leave you with this song. As I was just saying, we'll just pray for our brother. Just, just a moment.
child and touch the Lord as he goes by. You'll find he's not too busy to another soldier oh yes I'm on my way home one thing I know yeah I've been born again I made preparations one Thursday cause Lord I didn't know when you'd call me to go I'm fixed up right now oh yes I'm on my way
Miss, we'll sing that song. Let's sing that song, Brother Harry, that he sang the first one. I'll be somewhere listening for my name as we're dismissed and leave the building. You know, the prophet God told us, he said, everything you have need for in that earthly journey is in that seed. It's in that seed. He said, even the rapture, every apple that would come forth is in that seed. It's just got to come to maturity and produce what it's ordained to be. And what God's ordained us to be, we're going to be that if we just surrender ourselves to the will of God. Everything's there. We just need to be in the right atmosphere, surrender our life, our will to God's will. He'll take care of it all. It's all about Him. Him and the masculine, we and the feminist, He'll bring to pass. He's got a bride. It ain't going to be He's going to have a bride. He has a bride. Right now, as we speak, she will be changed. I mean, enjoyed the services this weekend, both services. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know I'll be somewhere listening for my name. Let's, let's sing that. Brother here, would you sing that as we go? God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Take the name of the Lord Jesus with you. Rejoice until Wednesday night. We'll come back all over again if it be pleasing to the Lord. God bless you. You're dismissed. When the Savior calls, I will answer. When he 